All right, Mark, I love it when you do the countdown. In five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> you are about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay St. G, certified geek, seven days a week, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York. And always with me, the newly crowned half-century black ninja, the warrior for Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers, and on the dominant side of your screen, hailing from the musical city landscape of Houston, Texas, weighing in at 4,000 subscribers, more brash than a Texas rash. Many know him as the Alpaca Hunter, the creator of Godzilla Apex, formerly served in the United States Navy. Ladies and gentlemen, making his long-awaited debut, the host of Scribe Productions, Adam El Sabah. Welcome to the cage, man. What's good? Thank you so much for having me. What's up, man? Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Look what we got here today. Paul Tackett is here. Big Jack is here. Ah. Zilla Puck is here. Well, uh, Michelle is here. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We're going to have fun tonight. Thanks for showing up, guys. I see some familiar faces. Yes, we do. I see them. Zilla Punk. <laughs> A lot of these. Awesome. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, again, thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been, ever since you asked me and, and told me what we were going to debate, I've been I've been prepping, I've been working it out, you know, like getting ready, getting <laughs> yeah, practicing yeah, yeah, a little bit. No, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to go. Let's let's do this. Awesome, man. So yeah, like once again, man, thank you for, for joining us. You know, like I'm personally, I'm a fan of your channel. I really like the Godzilla Apex stuff that you're doing. The animation is real badass. As someone who's like a non, I would consider myself like a non tokusatsu, non kaiju person. I still find it like super interesting, super compelling. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to know, like, how did you get into, first of all, how did you get into, uh, into kaiju and then also like how did you get into animation and then sort of like blend those two things together and do what you do so um i've always when i was a, when i was a kid this when when my parents introduced me to godzilla you know it came on tv on like upn and and all those like old network television shows that have all since changed um and then i started collecting the movies i was always a fan of dinosaurs too so that kind of helped right. um and uh you know got the toys and when i started getting the toys i started like making mock setups and stuff and coming up with ideas and stories and and all kinds of things and play around pew, 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 and all that kind of stuff right um and then uh and and for the longest time i wanted to be an animator i was you know i i used to draw a lot i have a lot of artwork from when i was a kid i haven't really put pencil to paper which is a shame i really need to start doing that again but at one point i was going to go to disney because my uncle was the chief engineer there at the park in Florida. Oh, wow. And um, 
and that was my end. But right when I was leaving, like the week as I was leaving, they they destroyed the animation studio in Florida and moved it all to Cali. Right. And so I lost my end. And um, I shortly after that, I joined the military and was getting more into music. And um, <clears throat> and I'd always again, I'd always been in music. I was in a couple high school bands and stuff like that. Um, and then a, a couple of other bands as I got older. Uh, and I really dove into music and wanted to become a composer. Eventually, I, I ended up DJing, know how to make rock, right. guitar, uh, uh, country, rap. I can make all genres of music, but I really wanted to get into like cinematic music. Um, and that's initially what my channel was about, was about music. It was about making cinematic music and stuff like that. And um, the channel turned into a, more of a Godzilla channel when I started when uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, the 2019 one came out, I, I right. did a couple of like remakes of the uh, of the different themes from back in the 70s and 60s and made it like trailer style cinematic. And it, they blew up and the algorithm decided that I was a Godzilla channel at that point. So anything that I made outside of Godzilla <laughs> just was not working. So I just kind of ran with it. And I was like, could be worse. You know, I, I love Godzilla. Um, I'm not actually the biggest tokusatsu fan. Like, I don't... Um, I know, I know, right? It's crazy. But, um, like, for instance, uh, you know, Paul Tackett mentioned it earlier in the comment section, the Shin Ultraman trailer dropped in Japan for that. And I'm like, maybe this will be what helps me get into, like, Ultraman and stuff. But I, was, right. I wasn't really a big Toku fan. I'm just a hardcore Godzilla fan. Gotcha. Um, and then, uh, so we fast forward to 2020 when the lockdowns hit and my, uh, my work schedule gets decreased to, like, eight hours a week. So I was like, might as well pick up a new hobby. And I picked up 3D animation using uh, using the software that I use. And I've been learning it ever since. And I started releasing little animated shorts in the summer of 2020. Um, and uh, one of them was called Godzilla Apex. It was only ever supposed to be a short. Everybody really fell in love with it and told, asked me to make it a series. So I ended up making it a series. And now we are where we are with it. I've got, I've been working on a soundtrack. I've got a lot of uh, people involved with it. I have my own modelers. I'm getting custom models made, all kinds of stuff. And um, <clears throat> and then of course, wonderful voice acting talents from people like Jay right here on, on Nerd Cage. And nice. uh, <laughs> I've, got, I've got Kaiju Noir, uh, Davis is going to be voice acting in it as well, Titan Goji. Um, Titan Goji is here by the way, and so is Shay Smithers. Thanks for coming in. Awesome, yeah, and so, it's, uh, I'm hoping to have it out sometime next week, if not the week after, but I'm hoping to have it out by next week. And, Very um, cool. and so I like the whole channel, the whole idea of the channel is, yeah, I, I make Godzilla stuff, but I want to expand outside of that. So like, I'm going to start this little star, this little side thing with star Wars. And eventually, uh, we're going to expand into more original content. Like, uh, Kaiju Noir, uh, has his, Draco Azul comic book thing uh, that we're going to turn into an animated series because everybody who's picked up his comic book, a lot of the fans are asking for an animated series, and so nice. oh, we're working that out. We're working that out, and um, and then I have some original ideas, some completely original stories that are unrelated to kaiju whatsoever that I want to do. That more like mythological, ancient Rome, ancient Egypt kind of stuff. So. Um, 
that's kind of where we're headed. Like, right. the future looks bright for Scribe Productions. I'm trying to turn it into a, a big production company. And so. as I mentioned yeah. before, you hit 4,000 subscribers this year, man. Like, keep, yeah, keep it up. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you, thank I, when you. When I yeah. first met you, you're like 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 1,000 or 2,000. Now you're at 4,000, dude. So I love how yeah, you're progressing. Blowing up. I have to say, like doing the animation stuff really just took took off. Like made the channel take off. Like they liked the music and that was cool, but now the animations have made things take off. And a lot of other channels like Wikizilla, Dangerville, whatever, a couple other channels have. have you know, commissioned me to make music for them and have used wow. the music on my channel. So that's really helped to to spread the word and stuff like that. So Very nice. that's great. It's, uh, it's 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 been a, it's been a trip, and I I just I I need to put out more content to grow faster, I guess, on the YouTube mm -hmm. algorithm. But I, I I'm looking to start my own website this year, uh, possibly in a, in I don't know five to ten years, maybe get an actual production set studio thing built because i've got some land out here in houston so we'll see what happens nice cool and for everyone in the uh who's um maybe not familiar with adam and his work uh the links are in the description below um the link to subscribe to scribe productions his patreon is there his instagram his soundcloud all that good stuff's in the um description below so be sure to hit that shit up <laughs> Thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. That. I got your back, dude. By the way, so we got a couple things here in the chat. Scott Bannock from Syracuse, close friend of mine. He's like, yeah, Star Wars, because he's always egging me on about Star Wars. Big Jack Films asks you, um, uh, what like effects are you going to use to make Star Wars in your in your on your channel? Um, well, I'm not sure exactly what all I'm going to do with Star Wars. What I really want to explore with it is like the old Republic lore, the stuff that happened outside of the movies thousands of years in the past, like the, the stuff with Darth Revan, Darth Malak, Darth Bane, how the rule of two got started, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the there's, there's a, there's, there's a couple of games yep. that, uh, the old Republic that, now. yeah, Knights of the old Republic and stuff that I'm going to be referencing. And, uh, I even, I play, uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. I stopped playing WoW for those of you in chat that knew I played. WoW. <laughs> I stopped playing WoW and I, I play this game because it's. By the way, if you ever want to try it out, just to try it out, it's a, it's free to play. You can download it for free on the website or Steam, and it's really awesome. It's it's fun. It's 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 kind of like a. It's not a serious game. You know, you don't have to like do specific things. You can just play how you want to play. It's really fun. Um, but I'm. The, the really cool thing about that game and one of the things that I'm going to start to do first is take the it, within the game, there's a whole bunch of cutscenes and they all tell a story and there's eight different classes and each one of them have their own separate story and I've like scoured the internet to find out if there's a chronological order because some of the stories overlap. And I found a kind of a comprehensive list of what to play in what order if you want like a chronological story. So I'm going to transfer that into a little mini series and upload the cutscenes all edited together to try to make like an episode thing. So if you're not interested in playing the game, you right. can at least watch the story and kind of see where the Lucasfilm of Disney is getting a lot of their ideas because a lot of the stuff, like the newer stuff that they're coming out with, the Mandalorian, mm -hmm. the Clone Wars, Rebels, like a lot of the ship designs, a lot of like the old lightsaber stuff, like that's all in the Old Republic. Yeah. So they're pulling from it and, and not a lot of people talk about the Old Republic, so. Yeah, what you're talking about like actually sounds like right up my alley because like I'm not a gamer, but mm -hmm. I do 
like Not get yet. on YouTube and watch like the cutscenes from a Me lot too. of these games. Me so too. like yeah, so so for you to like do something like that, I would be like a hundred percent into it. Okay. Well yeah. then I will as soon as I I've I've started working on it, I'm gonna start releasing uh, I, I haven't decided exactly how I'm going to format it. I'm going to try to make them episodic, but the thing is I have to play the game, record the cutscenes, then edit everything together. And I've, I've taken off the music because if you leave the music on while you're playing, it like cuts weird and doesn't sound mm -hmm. right. So then I'm going to have to go download the video game music and then layer it on top and then try to make it look all cinematic and add like the, the letterbox stuff. And, <laughs> so, but it's that's going to be the starting point and I'll probably do some other like lore videos or whatever where it's just kind of like editorial things but right. um, there's not a whole lot in the way of like 3D models and stuff there's ship battles and stuff which is something I was actually kind of interested in doing like some X-Wing versus TIE Fighter shorts kind of whatever that would be kind of cool but there's not a whole lot in the way of models for me to manipulate and animate so I'm going to have to uh, sorry about that I'm going to have to to, uh, and we're on air. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to like probably have custom models made of different characters and stuff um, in order to do some original shorts and stuff like that. But right. that's kind of where I'm at. Um. No, that's good stuff. Um, so I want to segue a little bit. So some one thing we did with Titan Goji and we did with Matt from Monstrosity as well. Every time we have like a kaiju expert, like youtuber on here um as everybody knows already mark has not watched a godzilla movie or a kaiju movie so um we we what last time when uh, when davis was here we kind of talked about like what movies would we recommend to mark to kind of gently lure him in uh so basically three movies and an honorable mention um so adam what would be your recommendations to mark to, to kind of lure him in gently into you know godzilla and kaiju yeah, well, I'm from a blank state, so and, yeah, blank state. right from the beginning, yeah. <clears throat> so, I think personally, because I've seen some of your rapid fire movies and stuff, and I know you're an anime fan, so yeah. I would actually recommend the anime trilogy right off the bat. Since you're an anime fan, you'll yep. definitely be able to, like, you'll have that mentality to be able to watch it and like, oh, this is anime style storytelling, so you can you can kind of get behind it, right? A lot of people yeah. didn't like the anime trilogy because they couldn't get behind it. Like um, this guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's understandable. I personally am a huge, huge, huge fan of the anime trilogy, uh, the story that it tells. Um, and it's very full of like philosophical, it's a thinker movie, you know? So right. if you like thinker movies, I would definitely recommend the entire anime trilogy. You can find it on Netflix, I think. I don't know if they yes. took it down. I think yep, it's, it's on still, Netflix. It's still there. Um, outside of that, obviously the 1954 movie. And if you were to watch that, I would recommend watching the Japanese subtitle cut, not yeah, the man. American cut, because there is so much, dare I say that, the american producers of 54 kind of whitewashed away with the american version yep. right um and it's it's so I, so 1954 would definitely be another good starting one uh it's in black and white so you can appreciate like the old right. how they how they made movies back in the day um and then the next one i would recommend and i know this is something that like i'm basically stealing like all of jay stuff because everything <laughs> that he would recommend is the same things i would recommend uh, Shin Godzilla, which came okay. out in 2016. Uh, you can watch, I, I, I haven't seen it in the dub, 
but I, I watched it in the subtitled. It is the most accurate representation of a modern day Godzilla story that isn't pandering to, to kids to sell toys or anything like that. It's right. it, it's like touching on the same kind of not the same exact subjects, but like the original 1954 Godzilla was it was a big symbology for nuclear power and all that kind of stuff, right? And mm -hmm. Shin Godzilla has the nuclear message in there, but it also has like the message of how governments don't respond correctly to natural disasters and stuff because if you i don't know if you're familiar with the fukushima uh accident yeah. that happened and then all their earthquakes with all their mass flooding they had a couple years back like yep. this all inspired the imagery that you will see in shin godzilla to make godzilla look like a natural disaster and it's it's um it's it's just so good it's so good and it's a great if you watch 1954 and then watch shin godzilla or vice versa you'll see how they they updated him basically they okay. updated the story yeah. of godzilla's origins and um honorable mention and then the honorable mention i guess i'll throw in like a super just fun one um a lot of people and and, I, and i'll say this only because i also know that you really like uh like uh like martial arts movies and stuff yep. a super fun one turn your brain off just like watching tokusatsu and 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 it's it's just really corny and campy godzilla final wars it's just <laughs> okay. a super fun one just to get into you see a whole host of monsters you see like them trying to rip off the matrix and Yo, stuff they rip off <laughs> everything star wars the matrix uh everything in this movie yeah everything was in this movie it, it, like, it's, it's a hoot i mean i can't hate on the movie it's <laughs> dumb but it's so goddamn entertaining and yeah, i also a... i had the the happy memory i saw it in a theater and in, in rochester uh um mark do you remember the george eastman house theater in rochester um i've never been there but i've heard of it okay yeah. i it, it's it's uh you know kind of like one of those indie theaters i saw it there mm -hmm. like before the, it got like an official american release mm -hmm. and dude it was bomb and it was like it was a it was a whole entire it was like a convention it was all these godzilla fans that filled the, i thought there'd be nobody there they filled the theater and we were all cheering and clapping through the whole thing it was probably next to the expendables was probably my favorite movie going experience i ever had wow that's yeah. saying a lot right there yeah and just like i said it's it, it's a stupid movie i'm not gonna say it's good it's not but like Adam <laughs> said, if you're willing to turn your brain off and just want to be entertained um, yeah i yeah but the other like, ones i, I had to mention those those are the ones you can take serious yeah i would t yeah the other ones you would take serious this one would be fun and if you <laughs> when you watch final wars you can kind of know what to expect from like the majority of the rest of the franchise yeah. Yeah. Right. after after i would say after destroy all monsters and from the from the 70s it starts mm -hmm. getting really geared towards kids and campy and stuff like that so right. like final wars kind of is like that but it was made in 2004 so updated special effects still people in gotcha. suits and stuff but all the other ones that i mentioned uh you know you had the animation godzilla that was actually all cgi with motion capture and then 1954 original that's obviously men in suits tokusatsu i'm, I'm laughing right. at the chat right now paul attack says no the godzilla anime would not be a good starting point um, he says, I would recommend Ga Gotcha Man, Giver, The Inframen, and, and based, based on what I know of Mark, 
Gotcha. Um, yeah. Oh, Giver, dude. Giver is an amazing. There's there's an OVA series that came out in the late 70s mm-hmm. to like mid uh, 80s, and then they redid it in like 2006 and actually made it a whole 26 episodes. Giver series right. is. I freaking love the Giver series. It's so good. It's so good. And Titan cool. Goji and Cher cool. both, or Titan Goji and Zilla Punk are just like, yeah, Final Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Now, where would like the modern, like the like the more recent like Godzilla films like rank in there? Do you guys consider those like good movies, or like are those like kind of like you dismiss those or like like disown them or like how do you feel about like King of the Monsters and like the the more recent Godzilla stuff? Adam, go ahead. <laughs> uh, 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 the MonsterVerse as a whole is something I actually. I'm okay with because it's cool to see what big budget Hollywood could do with Godzilla, the special effects and stuff like that. However, with things with, with movies that have progressed since then. And I totally understand that legendary was trying to do a whole monster verse copy the MCU kind of thing. Right. They really, the, 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 the person who wrote the majority of these movies uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to say names and gaslight people and get, you know, get them to like get on Twitter and like spam this <laughs> <Right>. guy, but <laughs> he sucks at screenwriting. Okay. He yeah. absolutely, the stories are terrible. Well, 2014 was good in my opinion. Um, I liked how they kind of like kept you on the edge of your seat. When are you going to see Godzilla? When are you going to see Godzilla? And he only got like so many, so much of the screen time, but the payoff was amazing. Uh, at mm-hmm. the end, um, Kong Skull Island was pretty good, yes. even though one of my recommendations it, to Mark was that one. Yeah, Kong Skull Island is a good one, uh, as far as the monster verse is concerned. But King of the Monsters yeah. disappointed me to no end because there was so much potential to develop this franchise, like you know, like the MCU or like the Star Wars franchise where there's like all this potential, you know, they set up the thing with the hollow earth and all of a sudden you have these random characters that you don't know anything about this, this family that's having family problems that are at the forefront of the movie that you, you aren't connected to. They're not, they're not, they didn't come from the first movie. There's no, there's no good crossover. Right. And then, uh, and then it was just so fast paced in the editing, the editing. Oh my God, <laughs> the editing. Oh my God. I wanted to rip my eyes out every time you saw Godzilla and Ghidorah come at each other. And then all of a sudden they cut to the inside of the Argo and looking at the humans and stuff. And then they would cut back to the monsters for just like two seconds. Like there are literal cuts with monster scenes in this movie where they're not even on screen in their little cut for one second. Like, wow. no joke, you blink, you miss it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the only thing that I'll give King of the Monsters credit for that I really do like about the movie is the soundtrack and yep. the monster designs. Yes. The monster okay. designs are the are some of the best representations uh, of, of the monsters. I'm not sure how I feel about Mothra specifically, but mm-hmm. Ghidorah, Rodan, and Godzilla, like, perfect. They, yeah. they, those are perfect. Yeah, um, I, I agree with the Mothra thing because Mothra in the larval form look a lot like who, who's that fat caliper from A Bug's Life? <laughs> that, that, oh, the, that's the, what oh, Mothra looked like in, in the beginning of the movie. And as far as like yeah. the, the winged form, like I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Like I thought Godzilla um, to- Tokyo SOS 
made the best uh, winged Mothra, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I, and, I liked that one, and too. And to tack on to what Adam said, I'll go through it real quick. I hated 2014. King of the Monsters, to me, is middle of the road. I love Skull Island a lot. They were clicking on all cylinders. It's like the one time they got like the Monsterverse right, in my opinion. And then, like, um, Shin, if we're going to go there, Shin Gorgira is, like, one of the best ever. I ranked it number five out of my out of all the 30-some-odd movies. That's, like, number five for me. Um, mm. So... Now that we talked to MonsterVerse, now we can all chime in on this one. The hype has been real for Godzilla versus Kong. Holy yep. smokes! Um, Mark, Not I want for this your, guy. Mark, I want your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what was your reaction when you saw the trailer, and what your and what and what, your thoughts on the overall hype of the movie? I mean, you know, I have to kind of remove myself from that hype train because like like we've been talking about, I'm not a big like kaiju to tokusatsu person. Like it's the type of movie that like yeah, I do want to see it now that the, like now that this hype is kind of snowballed and stuff like that. Like I'm kind of like I want to see what the fuss is about, but like the trailer itself didn't like elevate like my excitement for for it the way that it has like with a lot of other people who really um like john like john campia for example he mentioned like oh this is a movie i was planning on skipping but then i saw the trailer and now i'm like all in like i, I didn't have that i didn't have that uh reaction what do you think about i'm curious because you're you're used to be a musician too what do you think about the music for the trailer do you think it I, like I don't know. I mean, it, I, like, it didn't, nothing really, like, registered for me, like, as far as, like, yeah, like, this is, you know what I mean? Like, th this, this is, is why we're the goggles. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're the goggles. <laughs> well, yeah. well, what was your thought on it? Oh, man. I, I mean, so I. Uh, the visual effects were impressive. I, I like. I, I hope and pray that the editing of this movie is not as abysmal as King of the Monsters was. Um, but uh, it, we're, it, it's for me, like everything that they showed the little girl, the new characters, not saying that they're bad actors or anything, but like, right. who are they? Right. Who, who like, what, what's going on? Like yeah. this movie was supposed to take place uh, like right after King of the Monsters, this isn't like a five-year leap like 2014 to King of the Monsters was. Yeah. So, um, who are they? Who are these people? Whatever. What it? What the trailer did do for me though is uh, I, uh, because I'm a storyteller and, and I'm kind of like I'm one of those kind of people, kind of like Paul Tackett. Uh, I, I'll read the end of the book first and then I'll read the, the whole book, you know? So I right. spoiled this movie, uh, some very credible sources uh, that spoiled some of the other MonsterVerse movies came out in 2019 with these spoilers. I did a live stream on another channel. We were talking about them. I was there. And yeah, and everything that I saw in this trailer confirmed everything in those spoilers. So I know how this movie is going to end. I know how, like, I know what's going to happen. And I, I really feel like this is going to be maybe not as bad as King of the Monsters, but as bad as King of the Monsters. It's the same writers, right? Yep. For, for this one as King Max of the Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when I read that, I was like, you know, King of the Monsters was not very well received from from what from everything that I read. So mm-hmm. it kind of knowing that kind of like diminished my anticipation for this movie, like my hype for this movie. So there's that too. Yeah, so. like uh, here's the thing. Like I'm I I have to disagree with Adam one thing. Um, I have the problem. The CGI on Kong is bothering the hell out of me. Because how is it that the the CGI in on Kong looks better on twenty in twenty seventeen's movie on Skull Island and looks a little worse in this movie? It bothers me to no degree. And the other thing that bothers me too is the guy who did special effects for this movie did the special effects for a movie called Christopher Robin, which is a movie I laughed <laughs> at. And and I'm thinking and then the, what bothers me is it's like this movie has been postponed so many times. And the special effects still don't look like they're done yet. So, but the movie did get me a little excited. Uh, I, I can't, I'm glad that this movie's getting, this trailer is giving the movie like a positive hype. Like the hype is real and, you know, it's all the positive energies. But the trailer did nothing for me personally. Um, but I'm still all here, you know, I'm here for it. I hope, I hope it's good. I mean, I know what Adam knows. I hope it's good. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Now, now, knowing what you know, though, like, as someone who's not seen any of it, do you think it's necessary for me to sit through King of the Monsters, Kong Skull Island, the 2014 Godzilla? Like, do I need to watch any of the previous Godzilla movies to really, like, get what's going on in this? Skull Island, Yes. Yeah, I would say if you, I would start with Skull Island and probably watch King of the Monsters because there's going to be reoccurring characters. Like Millie Bobby Brown's yeah. character was in King right. of the Monsters. That's when she was introduced. So to understand why she's doing what she's doing and all that, you're probably going to want to watch King of the Monsters. It. To understand like the little girl in in the trailer that, you know, touches Kong's finger or whatever, um, yeah. you would need to watch Skull Island to understand the the tribe that she comes from on skull island called the iwis and stuff like that um but you could actually skip 2014 altogether (laughs) yeah and the thing is at least the the king of the monsters the very beginning of the movie kind of like you know shows what happened in 2014 in a nutshell yeah so yeah i i think i 100 percent agree with adam go skull island king of the monsters and then gvk cool yeah so it's, uh, it's, it's, go ahead. I'm just looking at the clock right now. Um, <laughs> so Adam has his steampunk goggles ready because, you know, there's going to be blood splatter and he wants to make sure he doesn't get blood in his eyes. So a few months back, we did a rage debate with Matt from Monstrosities, Destroy All Sequels, where we take a movie and we Thanos snap the sequels away completely. With Adam coming in, I want to do the opposite. What standalone movie deserves a sequel? For me, I, I, I took I took weeks to think about it, and there's so many movies I want to pick. But I, I but since this, this is the nerd cage, I want to keep keep it in the nerdy realm. My pick, Joker, 2019 Joker, Hakeem Phoenix needs a sequel. Adam, what do you got? I have District Nine. I can't remember what year that movie came out, but District 9 uh, is a movie I think deserves a sequel because it kind of left us on a uh, a big cliffhanger, like edge of your seat, what happens next kind of thing. And Mark, what do you got? 
I picked uh, the 2018 uh, action drama Peppermint starring Jennifer Garner. So, yes, let's take it to the cage, baby. Here we go. Let's do it. Okay, ladies and gents, it's time for Rage in the Cage. Finish him. So strap in and join the fight in the comments below. Pick a side, Team Mark or Team J. Who will it be? Raising the Cage is back, the first one of 2021. Here we go, Team Mark Peppermint versus Team Scribe, District 9 versus Team J, Joker. Adam, you are our guest. Throw the first punches, let's do it. All right, so District 9. Uh, okay, so apparently uh, Chat Shay says it came out in 2009. This, uh, the guy, this was his uh, debut feature film that he made. Um, I believe it was also produced, uh, it also ended up producing a movie, uh, the same people ended up making and producing Chappie and a whole bunch of other stuff. But this movie is one of the most interesting alien human stories I've ever seen because that, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but I've you have it. this, it's, it's, it's got this idea of this alien spaceship hovering, uh, above Johannesburg, which is in Africa, right? First off, the setting, when do we get to see Africa as a setting, right? right. So that was like really cool for me. And um, and the prawn, which are what they call the aliens, are like basically held up in concentration camps. They call it District 9. And uh, there's all this different stuff going on. And, and ultimately what it is, it's, it's kind of like a story of Exodus. Right. Um, and the, the main human protagonist uh, essentially undergoes a change and becomes a prawn and, and helps them escape their bondage. Well, at least most of them anyway, there's still a bunch that were left behind. But uh, it, it was just a really interesting take on on human cruelty. Uh, the like there's there oh man there's just so it's it gets really deep it just gets really really deep with a whole bunch of different things you see like the baby prawn you know and like it's just i don't know i just i thought it was really good and i it's it's a movie that i'll watch at least a couple times a year to be honest with you um and it leaves you on such a cliffhanger at the end because oh. the main human protagonist like uh, he he changes into an alien. His DNA gets mixed and stuff like that. He changes into an alien, and it just kind of like I think he dies. I can't remember because it's been a while since I've seen it. I think he dies, but there's other there's hints at other people being changed, and maybe even some of these people that they have in these com concentration camps, some of these aliens are actually humans that got changed into prawn. So I just there's there's a whole bunch more story there that could be told. And I think it, I, that, that's one of the reasons why I picked it to be the movie that I think deserves a sequel. Also, shout out to Paul Tackett for giving me the uh, 
for giving me the idea because I completely had forgotten about it. I was going to go with something else, but yeah. Yeah, right. it looks like uh, Titan Goji's with you. He says Team Scry. Mark, go ahead. Make your case. All right. So I make the case for Peppermint because in my opinion, I don't know how, I don't know who's seen it, who hasn't seen it, but in my humble opinion, this is the Punisher live action movie that we all deserve but never got. Like, for anybody who doesn't know the story, um, Jennifer Garner's character, Riley North, she is a suburban mom whose husband uh, becomes the target of cartel violence, which results in his death and the death of their daughter. Um, when she tries to go the normal route through the normal channels to try to get justice for her family, she finds out that the system is extremely corrupt and there are a number of, of people within that chain that were responsible for, not only responsible for her family's death, but also uh, responsible for the killers going free. So she wages a campaign of revenge after several, after several years passing, which is essentially the same story as Frank Castle. In fact, you could take Riley North and change her name to Francine Castle and gender swap and just say it's a gender swap Punisher movie. And I would buy it. I'd be like, dude, that was the best Punisher movie I've ever seen in my life. I like the Punisher movies personally. I know they're I like bad. them too. I'm not saying. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying bad movies i like all of them yeah. i think thomas jane's punisher is great i think that ray stevenson did a great job he was i the love best. the netflix version with john barenthal but none of them in my opinion really like nailed it like they never they never really nailed like frank castle from the comics the same way that riley north's character does uh you know in peppermint even though it's not intended to be that story <laughs> The other, mm -hmm. the other reason that I like it is because I really like Jennifer Garner when she does action. Like most people don't, when you think of Jennifer Garner, you think of like 13 going on 30, you think of like some of the other, you know, like I think she was in Juno. Like, like she, she plays these, these very like lighthearted characters, but people forget that she got her start doing action on a TV show called Alias, which is yeah. a kick-ass like, yeah. If you have not watched that. So to see her like go back to like true form, to, to go back to her roots with stuff like that and not miss a beat with it, to me, like that's that's just the icing on the cake. So that is my um that is that is like my opening argument for this movie. Didn't didn't she get started with her film action career in Daredevil and then eventually like she started her own film for Electra? Didn't, wasn't that yeah, her? That's, yeah. Yep, yep. She was, yeah, she was uh, in Daredevil as Electra Nachos, and then they did a spinoff film after that. Yep, mm. you're right. Finish him. Yes. So, first and foremost, gentlemen, great opening arguments. Uh, you guys have totally convinced me that I need to see these movies that I have not seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> However, let me make my argument for Joker, and I understand when Joker came out, it was written as a standalone movie but you know what <laughs> to counter that listen this movie left you with more questions than answers and the reason why this movie needs a sequel and deserves it, not just it not only that how can we won the oscar now that this movie made a billion dollars on a 50 million dollar budget the thing that this the reason why we need a sequel is because we didn't see arthur arthur fleck the joker become the joker that we know 
He becomes the Joker, right. but not the Joker that we know because we don't. Because the Joker is a criminal mastermind. Okay, we didn't get that in this movie. We, we, we see that how he dances his following per se. But the one thing, the most be beauteous thing about the Joker is that he's a criminal mastermind. He's always one step ahead. I would love to see a sequel. I don't know, maybe five, ten years later, to where how how he escapes from the mental institute and becomes a criminal mastermind, the one that can match wits with Batman. And Hawking Phoenix is the man to do it. And we need to see another Joker movie. And that is my opening punch for Rage in the Cage. Excellent first argument. Yeah, I yes. I personally really liked the Joker movie. Like, it, it's on par. It's actually, I would say, like, if I was to recommend any kind of Batman or any DC movies, like, Joker first and then the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. And, and, and like, don't watch anything else. I don't, like, I hate to say this. Not even, don't even worry about Zack Snyder's stuff. Like, you can't compete with those movies when it comes to their tone, their storytelling, the richness. Great. Yeah, I, like, it's going to be hard to compete against the Joker. Come on, Team J, everybody. Yeah. Team J, come on. I know I know. there's a couple out there for Team Scribe. Let's hear it for Team J. Come on. I need a couple here. Let's go. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good argument. It's a yes. good argument. Like I won't I won't front. I would like to see like what happens to him after the events of the first movie. Yeah. Um, but what one thing that like Todd Phillips did say in an interview is that we don't know for sure that Arthur Fleck is the Joker. Like we know that you know he's told this story and the focus is on him, but we don't like. I think he's alluding to this idea that maybe this particular character inspires who becomes the Joker. But I don't know that mm. for sure. This is just like what I got from him in an, in an interview that I read. So, but that, even with that information, it would be great to see a second film yes. where that unfolds. So right. yeah, I, I do, I do uh, agree with, with you to a, to a big extent there. That was a really good opening argument there. By the way, we just want to welcome in Mark Rodriguez is here and Scott Banks is team J. Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just, I mean, like I said, I haven't seen the movies you guys are talking about. Um, and I do, I do feel that we don't get enough science fiction nowadays. Sure. Um, and then, like I said, I, I definitely got to check out Peppermint. But the thing is with Jokers, like I said, it leaves with more questions than answers. There's so much room for potential. And you know what? Another thing, too, there's if you really think about there is room to, like, cross this over with the upcoming Pattinson Batman. Possibly. I'm not saying they should or will. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. like, there are, there are so many avenues you could take with this movie. I know it's a standalone movie, but there's so many different directions you could go in with this film. And I just feel like this is why it needs a sequel badly i mean there's so many gotcha. movies that need a sequel but this one is the one i'm leaning hard on for sure you know what's really interesting about all three choices here is that they all have to do with the little guy yeah yep and they almost got like a you know revenge I mean? thing yeah that's a good observation yeah. you're right every every single one of these has to do with the little guy and and bad things happening to them and them coming you know like doing whatever it takes to 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 help all the other little guys out yeah, to a degree. So I think that's really, I think that's really interesting about the the three different choices. I haven't seen Peppermint. Um, I have seen Joker, but I am familiar with Alias and Jennifer Garner's mm -hmm. work and stuff like that. And phenomenal actress. I wish she was in more stuff. Like, why couldn't they have her be Captain Marvel instead of 
<laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, she would have been. She would have been great. She would have been so yeah. much better as Captain Marvel. Oh, anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got another Brie Larson hater, I guess. Oh, <laughs> By the way, thank you, Cindy. Uh, Mark's wife, Cindy, says Team J. Oh man, I think it's the first time I, I ever won like, her over. I, Cindy, I thought you liked Peppermint. Like you know, we watched it together. <laughs> I guess not. I, I guess I'm the only one. I guess I'm the only one. Well, like, I, I guess the thing for District 9 for me to compete is Joker tells, and, and even with Peppermint from what you were explaining, they're solo focused on one individual where, you know, District 9 is more of a, it's a broader scope. There's there's a lot more, what's the word, uh, uh, scale to it, sure. you know? And there's a lot more people involved. You see, like, the African cartels that are, like, hoarding the prawn technology and stuff and, and, and how they had to, like, get paid off. And then they ended up fighting back against the government. Like, every – like, it's, it's just one of those – you could literally pull the skin off of them being aliens and put mm-hmm. – insert this ethnic group in there. Right, and it's, right. it's telling – That's what uh, I got off of it too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm just like – that's why, like, it's it, – that's what, that's what makes it so impactful. And the thing is – I feel like when it came out, a lot of people just didn't see that. A lot of people didn't see what it was representing, you know, how how every single, to a degree, almost every single, like, ethnic group in the world at one point or another was was entrapped and, and, and enslaved or, or put in a camp or something and used as labor force to build something or do something like that. And then eventually, you know, the exodus happens and... And Moses shows up and for let my people go. And so like, that's, that's kind of like what this was. And I, I thought it was like, this would, this is, I feel like if aliens (laughs) were to actually, uh, 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 appear to us, you know, like if they were to be real, like this is exactly what we would do to them as a human species. And and it's, it's kind of terrifying to think about it. Mm -hmm. So um, but I think that it didn't, I, I just feel like it didn't get enough, um, attention and, and, and more appropriately the attention that it deserved because it was an alien flick, you know what I mean? Right. Because yeah, it was a right. sci-fi flick and that's very unfortunate. I'm not yeah. like knocking Joker. Joker's awesome. And I, I, I haven't seen Peppermint, but I, so I can't really say anything like that, but I just, it was so underrated and it's one of those movies that could be a hit, could be in the history books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, just to piggyback off you, uh, off of what you, what you said about this movie, I think I'm the only, I guess I'm the only one that saw all three. That's what I'm saying. You've seen all three and I've seen two and I've seen one. So it's just like, yeah. oh, so, you know, to, to sort of, to sort of like add to what Adam is saying, I think that part of the, um, you know, part of part of the reason why, like, I guess people didn't like connect with District Nine or even like see, you know, there weren't as many people that saw it as should, is because it was marketed as like this sci-fi, like this alien kind of a film, where the the meat and potatoes of the actual movie are are very human, right? Like, if you think about the fact that it's set in South Africa. And given the very recent history of apartheid there and how mm-hmm. people were treated, you know, based off the color of their skin and how, 
you know, um, all the things that sort of happened with the, with the aliens in that, like you could, like you said, you could sort of rip the skin off them and just replace them with like an ethnic group or, or people from a different region. And it, and it plays exactly the same. It actually really is like a brilliant film. It, it's a really good film. Um, but like, but yeah, like I think the problem was that it wasn't really explained to, to people who weren't like familiar with the concept. It was just like, here, here's this film about alien, this alien, like, you know, is essentially in love with this human. And like, it wasn't really like, like broken down in a, in a digestible way for people to where they would want to go see it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that kind of, that, in my opinion, that's what, that's what caused it to not really get the splash that it deserved. Uh, absolutely it's kind of like you know it reminds me of how the avatar you know the movie uh the the uh what's his name uh cameron james cameron's avatar mm -hmm. right. like everybody i love that movie i watched it several times in theaters and i remember when it came out on dvd i watched it every night for a month that movie was so good but it was yeah. the same it's the same kind of story where the humans are the bad guys right and this is a whole nother group of sentient beings that were treading on their land and doing all the stuff. And it's, it, it, that's how it was marketed. That's why it got it was so successful. Right. You know, it wasn't because it wasn't just because of the special effects, but it was because of the story that was told. And that's what they marketed was the story. They didn't market the special effects. Right. And, right. and unfortunately, uh, district nine, very similar, very, very similar concept and it just didn't it just wasn't marketed correctly in my opinion mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep you're right about that before i get to my last punch in here i just want to point out something in the chat well, i never got my second punch <laughs> oh yeah oh, yeah <laughs> well we have to be real quick paul in the chat says he's not seen peppermint or uh hakeem phoenix joker i'm shocked by that because paul is wow. the dude that's seen everything paul is seen uh, yeah. everything uh, if, if, yeah if i had to pick somebody who like like this guy has definitely seen like all three movies. I would have picked Paul Tackett. I know. For sure. <laughs> all right, so, so Mark, get, Mark, get your closing argument, and I'll I'll get my closing argument. All right. So so real quick, like what I'll say about this movie. What else? What I'll, you know? The other thing I'll say about Peppermint is is that the way that the action and the stunts are are developed in this movie. Um, they they put it on par with just about any other action movie out there. In fact, you could take Riley North and drop her right into the John Wick universe. You could drop her right into Hobbs and Shaw. You could drop her right into the MCU. You could drop her right into Atomic Blonde. And she would fit into all of those. Taken. As a matter of fact, the director from Taken, Pierre Morel, directed Peppermint. Oh and, <laughs> and Don Lee, who did the stunt uh, coordination and fight coordination for the Daredevil TV series, did all the stunt coordination for this. So it kind of gives you an idea of the level of like action and, and, and the quality of the action in this. Um, also, it's set up perfectly. The you know I'm not going to give away the ending because apparently I'm the only one that's seen it here. <laughs> but but it, it is set up perfectly for a, a sequel, not only for a sequel, but it's set up 
to where it really could be its own franchise. You could really make four or five of these movies and have Raleigh North be a part of the normal film lexicon if they really wanted to. And I suspect that over time, they, they will probably get to that point. I just want to know, at any point in the movie, does she, does she go, I have a particular set of skills? Skills. <laughs> that would be but amazing act- if she did. That actually now I'm now I'm actually more intrigued to watch this because the taking yeah, movies know, dude, were really I, you, good. They were great. Both of you gentlemen sold me on these movies. I'm, I'm I might have to make make time. I'm on vacation still for another four days, so I might have to make time to you know add these to my watch list and find them. Um, before I get to my closing argument, everybody in the chat, please recommend some movies for us. What standalone movie needs a sequel? I already see Paul says Ghost in the Shell. So everybody, if there's a movie mm-hmm. out there that needs a sequel, say it in the chat right now. Um, again, I'm just to reiterate my closing argument like about Joker is it's just really unfortunate that the DC ex- extended universe is all kind of mumbo jumbo right now because you got Snyder wants to finish his Snyder wants to finish his story. The DC executives want to go in another direction, um, and they, they want to do these standalone movies. But the thing is, what Joker did for Batman was so refreshing. I know, like, I hate to say this, Batman's been done so many goddamn times, it drives mm-hmm. me nuts. Because DC has so many great properties, you know, that they need to, like, bring in and or expand upon. That being said, what Joker did for Batman was just, like, was, was, was refreshing. It was awesome. I didn't even see it coming. And it'd be a right. damn shame if they abandoned that timeline. Please, Warner Brothers, if you see this, Hawking Phoenix, if you see this, please give us one more. Team J all the way, baby. Everybody in the chat, who you got? Team J, Team Scry, Team Mark. Let us know. I do, I do want to say something about the Joker movie. If they did make a sequel to it, I would totally want to see it from the from the perspective of Joker. Not 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 necessarily like it giving us away what he was planning and stuff. But like, just imagine, you know, whenever you watch one of these the superhero movies, you always see what's going on from the perspective of the heroes, yeah, and right. then you know the bad guys doing this, bad guys doing that. Well, flip it and like see like you know jokers going in to rob a bank or whatever and everything seems like it's going smoothly and then batman just appears randomly and well, he's like not even in the movie they did with suicide like, squad a little but it just wasn't executed too well maybe the james yeah. gun the james gun suicide squad however we're gonna get that hopefully but yeah no hopefully. i agree i would love to see like you said Joker versus Batman from the perspective of the Joker. Perspective of Joker. Yeah. 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 Like, I, like, one thing that I really loved about, like, I don't know if you guys are, I'm a, I'm a huge cartoon nerd. So Same. I'm really Same. into Batman the Animated Series. And the first, the first episode that I saw of that was like an episode with Mr. Freeze. And what, like, really intrigued me about it was that almost the entire episode was told from his point of view. It wasn't told from Batman's point of view. And like, I, I just found that super compelling. And I wish that if, you know, like, like, uh, 
you know, like Adam's saying, like if there were more films that told the story from more of like an, like maybe not a villain perspective, but maybe an anti-hero perspective, because every villain I doesn't do know. Rock him. Adam. <laughs> <Remember> yeah. <that>? Like, <laughs> like, like him. all the good villains, they don't even realize they're villains, right? They, they, they think, they think they're, they're the good guy. Right. They yeah. think they're the good guy. So, you know, tell the story from, from that perspective and show us, the show us the the superhero from the antagonist point of view like i would really love to see more of that okay okay i'm looking at the chat right now i have a feeling this was a fixed fight adam must have been planning this all week saying hey you guys gotta go into rage of the cage and say team scry okay and he's probably sending people money you know i think it was a fixed fight i think adam just brought his whole army of like team scries to like try to win this fight because i see a lot of team scries in the chat Real quick, though, in the chat, Eon Lewis, shout out to Eon Lewis. He picked an interesting one. He says The Fifth Element needs a sequel. Oh. That was going to be the one that I was going to pick before Paul recommended District 9, and it, it brought up my memories of District mm -hmm. 9. I was actually, like, I remember telling Jay months ago, I was like, I'm, I'm thinking I might go with Fifth Element because that had a very open ending, yep. like, what happens next kind of thing. But, yeah, The Fifth Element. It's so, it, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's like the best acting or anything like that, but it was so revolutionary with the story that it was telling, with the characters that it had. Like, come on, Chris Tucker, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the, the guy that did, uh, that played Dracula, I can't remember his name. He was in the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, he was playing the, the dude with like half his head shaved or whatever. He was like the main bad guy. Um, oh, I don't oh, remember. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, obviously, Bruce Willis is doing this thing, and this was Mila Jojovich. Jeho yeah. I love her. This was her. This was her like debut. No, no, no. Yeah. She was in Days and Confused before she was in Fifth Element. Was she? Yeah, but this was, but this was yeah. the one that like shot her into stardom as an yes. action hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, it wasn't her first movie. Yeah, but yeah, she, <laughs> but yeah, she was in a couple other movies before Fifth Element. But yeah, like. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, these are... Yeah, like I said, I would love to see Fifth Element get a sequel because think about the updated special effects that we could get. Like, oh, look oh, what yeah. they did with Blade Runner. Like, imagine if, if the Fifth Element got that same treatment, you know, 20-some-odd years later. Like, that could be really rad, for real. Yeah. And plus, come on, yeah, Bruce Willis is the man, dude. Come on. <laughs> and I feel like... And, and another thing is, can we all agree that for whatever reason, I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like Bruce Willis has been in a rut. Like... These past few Death years, Wish was not good, man. Like, yeah, he's these past few years, like he's been doing these straight to DVD or straight to streaming movies that are not good. Like I feel like if he if he does a, a either a proper Die Hard sequel or a Fifth Element sequel could really elevate him again. And I would love to see Bruce Willis be elevated again before he calls it a day. I kind of feel Gary, like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, and the actor I was trying to remember was Gary Gary Coleman or Gary, Gary Oldman. Or, Gary Oldman, yeah. That's who yeah, it was. That's that it. was yeah, anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. No, but about about Bruce Willis, what I was gonna say is that like, you know, not to not to not to really shade him or anything like that, but it kind of seems to me like he's not like really trying in any of his newer stuff. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like the Bruce Willis of old where, you know, you, you know, you get him, you know, you get characters like in Unbreakable or in Pulp Fiction that are, 
you know, where there's like a high care level from him as, yeah. in terms of his acting. Like he, everything that I've seen from him recently just seems like he's kind of phoning it in anyway. So That's just it's almost like he's using I still, his I still fame. You know, yeah. like, he's, like, being put in these movies, like, give me my paycheck. I'm going to sell this movie because I'm Bruce Willis. Doesn't exactly. even matter what the movie's about. I yeah. hate when that happens. I hate when that happens. Before we get out of the cage, man, just real quick, Scott Bannock has, a, has an interesting pick. Waterworld Part 2. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, I beat that. <laughs> that's, why I'm, that's why I'm wearing the goggles. <laughs> well, yeah, just let us know, you know, team, team Mark, Team Scry, Team Jay. A lot of people seem to be pulling for Team Scry today. But, like, you know, let us know what, what movie deserves a sequel and what movie, you know, if you guys want to see more sequels to the movies that we just talked about, you know, hey, let us know. That being said, let's let's know, let's get out of the cage and open up the floor. All right. All right, we're back. Woo. That was hella <laughs> fun. And like I said, I'm sold on these movies. I got to go check them out for sure. So, um, let's open up the floor um, before we call the night, man. This has been a hell of fun. Um, uh, I, I want to get things to start just a little bit, man. Um, given our backgrounds in music, we got to talk about a little bit of music, man. So, like, right. Adam, please, name some of your favorite bands. I, I, I need to hear them. Uh, I'm, a, I'm the biggest Linkin Park fan, hands down. The biggest Linkin Park fan. They're, they're my favorite band of all time, Rip Chester. Uh, I missed, I missed, like, I remember I was in, again, this is also when I was first starting my YouTube channel and really trying to take to the next level. I was living in Arizona when I got the, when, you know, the news came out that <clears throat> he had passed away. I literally for like a week was just like lost. I was like this, this Lincoln Park was one of the biggest influences as I was growing up and really trying to push music. Like they were one of the biggest influences on me. I have so many good memories going like in high school, going to play like Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, listening to Linkin Park, getting hyped up to win some tournaments, you know? <laughs> and then uh, and then like, you know, I, I, I play guitar, bass, piano and drums. And I, I remember when they did their Live in Texas uh, album, I bought the live DVD and I would I would play it and then I would like pull out my guitar and stuff and just like play along with them. Like if, yeah. if I was a part of the band, like it was just so favorite band of all time. Um, most of the rock bands uh, that I am, am into or were into still is, I, like I listened to them on occasion was like Korn. Yeah. Um, we're, we're close uh, to the same age, so, you know, so yeah. we can connect on this stuff, you know, being a 90s kid, cool. you know? uh, uh, I like me some, I like, uh, I, I'm not saying all of it, but I like me some Nine Inch Nails. Um, uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Who else did I listen to a lot of? Oh, uh, Breaking Benjamin. Yeah. There's oh, right another on. good group. Um, I loved it when they did the song for Halo 2. Remember that? Yeah, that's what got me into Breaking yeah, Benjamin dude. when they did that. Because I was a huge Halo fan back in the day. And uh, and then I, I heard that on the trailer and I was like, oh, I got to check this stuff out. And then I heard that, that was it Cold or So Cold? Mm -hmm. <sighs> that song is so good. Yep. That song is so good. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, as far as, like, older bands, uh, Motley Crue, um, I learned how to play guitar and bass off of buying tablature books of Metallica mm -hmm. stuff. 
So like, I'm a, I'm a fan of everything of Metallica up until the Reload album. Everything after that, I don't care about. But up until the Reload album, especially their S&M where they did it with the orchestra. Oh, did you, yo, did you hear, did you listen to S, they did S&M, S&M 2 last year. They did a second one? Yes. Oh, I almost no, like I almost like the second it. one better, honestly. I'm about to go find it. Well, yeah. they, like the first one, that was all their yep. big hits, you know, yeah. all their big hits. So I'm I'm interested to see what they did with the second one. And by the way, uh, Adam, um, Jason Newstead uh, moved to Syracuse. Did he? Yes. Did he? Just are they Syracuse still, like are they still even together? Last time I heard, no, uh, no, James Rob, went Rob, back into rehab. No, that was yeah, that was about a year ago. James was in rehab, yeah, but um, but he seems to be doing good now. Last I heard, but obviously Metallica's, you know, obviously no one's touring right now, but, but yeah, <laughs> but I'm glad, but yeah, I mean James has struggled with that for a while. I mean he went he was he went into rehab during St. Anger, which probably part of the reason why St. Anger sucks so much. I mean there's a lot there's a lot of reasons why St. Anger was terrible, but that was definitely one of them right there. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of St. Anger, right? Like so like that some kind of monster like uh the documentary. documentary. That was great. So do you do you guys remember the scene where like Lars uh plays that one album for his dad and he's like, So what do you think? And his dad's like, You should delete that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I gotta look that up. I gotta I look always that wanted up. Yeah, I always wanted to hear that album. Like, like I wonder if that album would have been better than what they eventually like released. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. you know, because they didn't really give us a taste of that. They just showed us the scene. Like, oh, so Dad, what do you think? I think you should delete that. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of that documentary. Remember? I mean, they said they don't they don't do this stuff anymore, but. One part in that documentary, like Lars got in James's face and started screaming at him, like "Oh my God!" It got ugly, and you thought for sure James was going to re- retaliate. He didn't, but like if anybody got in my face like that, like I probably would have retaliated one way or another. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting watch. Um, not exactly a fun watch because you know Metallica is like, you know they're like dads to me, you know like, and I named my dog <laughs> Lars, like. Yeah. Like yeah. it was not fun watching them fight among each other. It, it, it's not. It really isn't. So, but it's interesting to watch nonetheless. Yeah, um, I, I'm sure that's par for the course for them. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they've been together since what, like since 1981. Yeah. And you know, touring constantly for at this point, you know, 40 years. You know, like yeah, they're, they're they're siblings at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna have those kind of knockdown dragouts with with people you're close to like that. And one last thing about Metallica is the um, the one thing that bothered me so much, and they had a golden opportunity to, to right the wrong. So a couple years ago, we had the, you know, the, the, the 30th anniversary of, of And Justice For All, which is one of my favorite Metallica albums. Yeah. Uh, I probably ranked that either number three or number four um, among all their albums. What bothered me is they did, did it, when they re-released it for the 30th anniversary, they, I thought for sure they're going to remix the album and bring up the bass levels. And they didn't. It, oh, missed opportunity because you, the, the, the bass, Jason Newsett's bass lines are like buried. And all the producers oh. say like it's some of the best bass lines you ever hear on any album. Yeah. And I'm just mad yeah. that Lars of all Lars people and, Lars and James, especially Lars, they're some fucking 
douchebags. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Jay, uh, he, the baselines from from especially when they brought him on like he's just he's who taught me how to play bass you know what i mean right. like i that's how i learned how to play bass with listening to his lines in those different movies and i always wondered i was always like how come you can barely hear any bass especially in the older albums right Pup, uh, master yeah. of puppets justice right. for all like you can't, why can't you hear the bass but Adam, Adam, what's your, Adam, what's your favorite Metallica album? Mine's Ride the Lightning. Um, well, album, yeah. like uh, original album, yeah. I, would, I would have to say the self-titled Black album because that's that's the song that drew me in. I had heard about Metallica, but the song that really got me into them was uh, Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that on the radio when I used to work at Best Buy, like it was playing over our loudspeaker. I would hear it all the time. And I, I just kept hearing it. And I was like, oh, this is such a good song, whatever. Bought the album, loved the whole album. And that spiraled me into uh, all of the Metallica stuff up until, like I said, Reloaded. Um, but my favorite like album, CD, whatever you want to call it that they produced was the S&M one. I love having the orchestra stuff on top of their music like it just it gives it it, it's just me maybe just because it gives it that like cinematic quality you know what i mean so it's just so uh but yeah the black album all of the stuff on the black album was so good you know wherever i may roam unforgiven inner sandman god all the like the majority of their big hits are like on that album and that's so good mark Mark, what do you got what's what's their best album well, Master Master of Puppets has the most bangers, in my opinion. Like it's 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 a no skip record for me. Yeah. Um, probably because like that was the first like thrash album that I had heard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was I grew up in that era, so like for me, like heavy at the time was like Motley Crue, Rat, Dokken, like those bands. And then like, I had a friend that was like really into like the big four. They weren't called that at the time, but like, you know, he was really into like Testament, Slayer, Anthrax, and this band Metallica. And he put on Master of Puppets for me, like when I was at his house and it just like blew me away. Like I was just like, what is this? You know, and um, and then I immediately like asked him to tape it for me. I like went home. <laughs> I'm a drummer too, so like okay. I went home and I learned like all the songs on that album note for note. And then like when they came around, you know, like when they finally came to Florida, like I'm from Florida, so like when they finally came to Miami and they played a show, um, it was maybe like a year, maybe I guess it'd be like a year and a half later because. Um, because Cliff had passed away. It was one of the first shows with Jason Newstead, and they um, debuted Harvester of Sorrow at that show before Injustice came out. Oh, that's and, like, awesome. That, and that, like, sold me on them, like, forever. I was just like, dude, this is, this is, like, one, this is, like, one of my favorite bands. But, like, Master of Puppets, like, to me, that was, like, my gateway, and to, to this day, I still listen to it, like, at least you know, a few times a year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like end to end. I, it, to me, it's one of the greatest metal albums. we got a question in the chat right now. Shay Smither says, uh, did you guys see Metallica's performance with Lady Gaga at the awards show? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was watching that live. 
And I was I was totally let that it was not their fault. We all know what happened. Some a hole backstage tripped on James's um, microphone cable and yeah. Um, but Metallica, like a couple weeks later, released the um, sound check footage, so we actually got to hear the performance properly. Nice. Um, and it was awesome. And dude, Lady Gaga looks great, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> um, but it was it was still an awesome performance from the both of them. It's just it's just unfortunate what happened live, uh, unfortunately. Yep. <sighs> All right, what do you guys say? We got we got a few more minutes here. Adam, anything you want to talk about before we uh, call today, or want to promote some of your stuff or anything you're working on? <clears throat> um, sure. Um, so like I you know, and I kind of mentioned this before at the beginning. Uh, Godzilla Apex, uh, instead of doing a series, because initially that's what I was going to like try to do, it's just a lot of work for one person to really do like a bunch of animation and make like a, 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 a longer running TV series. And people were constantly asking me like to make the episodes longer because they were only running like three to four minutes. And um, so I decided instead to try to make a set of animated short films. So the the movie that's coming out is called inheritance and it was actually uh i had uh andreas perez you know kaiju noir he helped me uh so he's like a i guess he was a creative consultant i don't know how to like credit him yet in the in the film but he helped me outline five movies with a consistent storyline so that way when you see them you can literally watch them back to back and you, you know not miss a beat um, but that's that's what I have planned for the Apex series. Inheritance is coming out, and then uh, I don't know when the other ones are going to be released because I'm having um, uh, like custom models made. Because one thing uh, that Toho is notorious for is if you use anything that's related to their properties, they come after you yeah. quickly and they'll shut you down. And if you're a big name, they'll take your money. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you're familiar with like Pharaoh Monk, right? And yes. uh, and Blue Oyster Cult. They all like all these. There's and there's a couple of others that like sampled their stuff. And as soon as Toe found out, they came after him with lawsuits. And uh, and I was like, you know, and then you see all these other fan films that have, uh, people have tried to make over the years. And they tried to raise funds for it. And when they start looking better than the like what Toho could make at the time. They were like, nope, you gotta shut that down. You can't make it look better than ours or whatever. And and it's it's really kind of sad. So, as big of a fan of Godzilla as I am, I'm looking to, to make Apex be the like the homage to my my love for that franchise. And I like I said, I want to move on and do other things. Um, right. Like so, that's part of the reason why I'm exploring Star Wars. Uh, and then. Um, Eventually, I'm going to be doing original, like straight original content stories. Uh, I've been, I actually came up with an idea that I kind of want to turn into like an audio drama slash book, like an audio book, but with sound effects and stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and see how well that does. And if it does really well, then, you know, turn it into a visual masterpiece. <laughs> so, uh, um, outside of that yeah so we've got godzilla apex coming out next month um and then uh you can check me out on patreon where you can see all this like all the videos that i'm going to be uploading to youtube well for the most part i should probably actually take this down because i'm really bad about uploading it and then showing it on patreon and then showing it publicly 
so I should probably just take that out. But I have free music downloads. Um, you can also like when you join the Patreon because uh, it's only five dollars a month and you get everything. Like there's no there's no tiers. It's just one flat five dollars a month. Links in the description below, people. <laughs> and uh, you can request songs uh that you would like me to cover maybe even turn it into you know take a uh, take a song and turn it into a cinematic piece like i did a couple of covers like uh like trouble from Coldplay. i did um uh i will die for for you from uh uh prince wow um mark's a huge prince fan up here yeah. Are you, dude? The, yeah, that man right. is a shining example of be going from being uh, a label man to an independent man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. guy's history is. Anybody who wants to be a musician or whatever, you need to like study Prince's life and music, and so you can understand what music's really all about. I love the fact that like he used to say things like, I don't ever do the same type of music all the time and my fans know this and that's why they like me is because my music is always different. Every song is different. Uh, It's never just 80s pop into 90s pop into rock or into what, it's like an album could sound like a jumbled mess of a whole bunch of genres and it's all Prince. It's perfect, it's perfect. I agree 100%. Um, so, um, but you can you can request uh, music there. I've got free music downloads there. I'm going to be uh, uploading soon all the live streams that I do on my channel, which are just basically there are a lot of creative live streams. Like if I'm working on music or I'm working on like thumbnail art or something like that, or even doing animations, uh, I, I'll do the live stream on YouTube and then I'll make it. I'm going to be posting it onto Patreon so people who are Patreons, they, they can go back and see the archive of live streams, especially the ones they miss. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, um, outside of that, uh, I'm working on a movie. This is my first feature-length movie I'm doing the music for. I'm composing the soundtrack for Yoko's uh, Yoko Haiguchi's The Last Session which uh, I'm, I haven't start, I, I've, I've been drawing up concepts and sending it to him and all that, but I haven't actually gotten a cut of the movie to actually write the music yet. So uh, I'm still waiting for that, but that'll be coming out later this year. Um, and then I got commissioned, um, I got commissioned to work on another YouTube channel. They're, they're another Godzilla channel. Um, but they have a, an animated series called Godzilla Bonds of Blood, which like, I feel like what I've done with Apex is like amateur compared to what this guy's done. He's got like all original designs, like the animations are so good. He's even got humans in it and all these different like it looks like anime, but 3D kind of. And they've got voice actors and, and stuff like that in there. So like it's it's been a long production, but the problem is like it's because it's a fan film. It's something he's doing on the side. Like it, the the next episode is taken like four years to come out <laughs> and he wants to move he wants to keep moving forward but i, I think i and i, I I'm, I'm i'm saying this but i don't really know because he hasn't really shared i think what they're doing is they're like getting all their assets and all their their 3d elements and everything together all the special effects and then they're going to once they have that then it'll be a lot easier to animate the show on a more regular basis and get more consistent episodes out but um, he he's commissioned me uh, to start working on the music for his series, which is awesome. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, working on that because the sound effect that they the the soundtrack that they already have is amazing, 
And I'm like, man, I got to compete with that now. Okay, let's do it. Let's let's challenge accepted. Um, but um, outside of that, I'm outside of those projects. Uh, I'm just trying to do more in the realm of like a production company as well as get get more experience trying to get connected with other maybe independent filmmakers possibly like you know with everything that's happened with the streaming services disney plus hbo max everything like that making movies has changed it's going to be right. it's going to be a completely different ball game instead of millions and billions of dollars going into these productions for only an hour and a half of content we're going to be seeing a heck of a lot more like tv series and stuff like that right. maybe come like look at joker 50 million dollars how like made a billion in 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 profit and all that like we're going to see more productions like that and like that's kind of where i'm I'm trying to like see if i can find people who are who are getting into to those aspects you know i'm trying to get my foot in the door whatever i i really kind of want to focus more on music but I am a storyteller. I've been thinking about writing books and stuff like that. And I have all these ideas, but my, my main, like the meat and potatoes of who I am is like in music and, and right. the animation stuff. It, I literally picked it up because of the lockdowns and COVID and stuff. Like I wouldn't have been doing it if it wasn't for that because I had a full time job, <laughs> but, but now I kind of can't escape it because I get it now. Like you tell a story, I have a couple of audio dramas on my channel and they've got, they 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 they've done fairly well, but not as well as the animations go, and that's because people want visuals to go with their story, yeah. you know. And right. like, okay, I get that, I get that. So, yeah. um, but I'm just I'm really trying to build the business and like all the like for so for anybody who's listening, all the money that I make from Patreon, all the money that I make from YouTube, any any money that I make off of my work goes right back into it. I'm not even paying my bills with it yet. Like wow. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't make enough to pay the bills, but like all the little bit of money that I have made has gone right back into the productions. Like I haven't, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't go off and like buy a bunch of things. I don't collect things, you know, like that's another thing within the, within this Godzilla community is I'm not a toy collector at all. I have one toy over there and it's because someone bought it for me for my birthday because they knew are, I, are I was you a Godzilla. something right now? Like. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that I, have a, I have a problem? <laughs> I, I, I think you may have a problem, Jay. No, I'm just kidding. But like, like no, but like seriously, like looking at your guys' backgrounds, like all the posters and stuff, like I would love to collect stuff like that. I just don't have the extra funds because everything's getting poured into making Scribe Productions yeah. an, a legit company. And eventually yeah. I will have an LLC. It will be become a company where I have to pay taxes on it and stuff like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but that's, that's like that. And then trying to get my foot in or, or, or trying to get in where I can fit in with my music and scoring other people's, uh, movies or TV shows or whatever, or video games for that matter. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a guy on Twitter that's working on a remake of the Godzilla Save the Earth video game. Oh, and, nice. um, and I don't know, I just came across it. Uh, one of the other modelers, animators that I work with um, was telling me he's working on this project too. And I was like, well, hey, if you need music or whatever, I could like rewrite the score for that game. I know it came out on GameCube and stuff, but I can, yeah. you know, we can update it or whatever it is that you're trying to do. So um, 
that's kind of where I'm at right now. I do plan on releasing a lot more music. Oh, and I have an EP that I've been working on, but it, it's slowly turning into a full-on album because it went from like five tracks to like eight tracks now. So I'm like, just do four more tracks and I call it an album, right? Right on. Uh, <laughs> I, miss, so, I miss playing this game, by the way. I love Godzilla Save the Earth. I don't have a PlayStation anymore, but man, I I absolutely love this game. Yeah. I was looking forward a lot to it. That's what a lot of people say is like the best Godzilla game that's ever came out. Um, yeah. But so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. You know, follow me on Scry Productions on YouTube. Same thing on Twitter, Patreon, uh, slash Scry. Everything's in the description. Um, and yeah, that's 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 kind of where I'm at. That's kind of what I'm doing, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the future. The future looks bright. 2021. 2020 was a really rough year for a lot of people, but I think with 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 the collapse of all of these old industries and all these old like all these old systems and models of business, it's given rise to new systems and models of business. You know, like right. the, 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 when you look at what happened to the movie industry with theaters and all that kind of stuff, the same exact same the same exact thing happened to the music industry decades before yeah, and right. now the movie industry is feeling it and now we're going to see some major sweeping changes across cinema as we know it yeah so. i think i think with with film in particular um you're you're right on the money with like things going from like features to like more like long form like television series mm -hmm. you know because i think that um number one like you know the the model of like just taking a feature and then dropping it on streaming still very iffy but you can actually take the same story and flesh it out among multiple episodes and multiple seasons and then use that plat use that story to drive a platform to drive a to drive a subscribership. And I mm -hmm. think that studios are starting to see that. And that's why you're seeing now a Paramount Plus and now, yeah. you know, HBO Max, which is probably going to rebrand and, and things yeah. like that, you know, like, like legendary uh, TV yeah. studios. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start seeing like pretty much all these old, like, um, you know, traditional movie studios start to just come up with their own streaming platforms and just drop content. And now in there's that, Discovery Plus one. with Food Network and Discovery Channel. Like they're, yeah, they're all, all doing yeah. it. It's like, they're all doing it. And now you know? it's like if you want them all, you're paying more than you did with cable. So yeah. Yeah. But I, I like <laughs> I said, I already got my central streaming service. Plus I, can, I don't have time to watch all of them either. Um, real quick mm -hmm. before we call it a night, just want to check out the chat real quick. First of all, we'll shout out to Off the Beaten Podcast. Thanks for coming in, Dion. We all, always love having you here. Yeah. Um, Zilla Punk says, Scry, uh, can you cover Pushing Away from Lincoln Park? And Shay Smithers says, Mark, um, a movie that needs a sequel that I know you'll, you're an anime fan, Ninja Scroll. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. I agree with that 1,000. Yes. <laughs> I just is, wanted to get those. Yeah. I didn't want to make anybody yeah. feel like they were left out. Um, yes. And I got a question for Adam. One last question for Adam before we call the night. It's a question I ask all of our guests. Adam of Scribe Productions, would you care to come back on Nerd Cage Live? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yes. This was a, this was so much fun. It was this is the first time I got to meet Mark, and uh, and we got to have some really interesting topics of conversation. And uh, I don't know who the official winner is just yet, but I'm pretty sure I, you know Team Scry. Uh, 
one case. Oh. I don't like match. I don't like admitting defeat, but there were a lot of team strides in there. Yeah, Again, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna admit fix fixed fight because he probably contacted everybody and says, Hey, yeah. get the team strides in here. Out out it's it's, just, it's just way too it's way too convenient that every yeah. you know that all the team We gotta check his PayPal account and make yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> he hasn't bribed oh, anybody. Oh, oh, stop the count! <laughs> <laughs> so listen, no. um before, just want to just polite reminder everybody here um, that uh, next week, big show next week, Ill Will, Will William Dorsey Jr., the drummer from Body Count, Ice T's band, is going to be on Nerd Cage next week. I cannot wait. And of course, if you saw the trailer earlier today, Alexander the Swell is going to be here on February 25th. So those should be fun. Very much looking forward to those shows. We've got a lot more coming. We have watch parties on the way. We'll, I'll be announcing those soon. I'm still kind of, I'm still trying to get a body count. No, no uh, pun intended. I'm still trying <laughs> to get a body count for some of these upcoming uh, watch parties because we had a great reception with Wonder Woman 84. And real quick, we do have uh, uh, keep your keep your eyes out for the uh, milestone um, lookbacks. Uh, we already recorded Silence of the Lambs. We're recording Deadpool this weekend, so keep eyes out for those. Uh, Mark, what do you got before we go? Yeah, just, you know, once again, very excited to have uh, to have Ill Will next week. I've been listening to Body Count nonstop pretty much, like, since we got the news that he was going to be on. I'm a huge fan. Um, as for this week, this has been an absolute pleasure, Adam. Thank you so much for being a part of it. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to actually, like, meet you and talk to you and stuff. Like, I would say face-to-face, but, you know, face-to-screen. <laughs> this has been this has been a great uh this has been a great episode for us i think you know and and once again thanks everybody for uh for you know interacting with us in the chat as you always do we really appreciate the support yeah so yeah it's it's been an absolute blast and of course uh we've been pumping out a lot of content so everybody thank you for uh checking out all of our content we're mark and i are working hard every day on the channel we're we got a lot of good stuff on the way um, Adam, um, there's some stuff I want to talk to you off air too that I want to get you involved with us. We know get you more involved with us. So, uh, yeah. And everybody, if you're if you're part of the Nerd Cage Live family, please subscribe to Scribe Productions. Man, the dude works hard, and you know he he's a, he's part of the Nerd Cage family. So please give him your support and whatnot. And everybody who came from Scribe Productions over to Nerd Cage, thank you for checking us out and thanks for coming in. That was a hell of fun. So that being yeah. said, before we go, we ask you to pre please like. Comment, subscribe, ring that bell, spread that shit like so. So USA, from Louisville to Houston to Syracuse and all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. See you later, guys. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>